What's up, everyone? Kevin Allen here, aka the Geek from DFS Army, and this is your NFL Week 11 first look, where we're going to go through the NFL Week 11 pricing, salaries, matchups on DraftKings, and put together sort of an early look lineup, so to speak, but more importantly, just go through the position groups and get a feel for the week. So um, before we jump into the actual groups, I always like to take a look at the games themselves, see which games are popping on the charts here, which ones have high totals, high game totals, high team totals, what looks competitive. And also, I want to address some stuff from last week. So let's start with this, um, of course, which is a beautiful screenshot of DFS Army um, subscribers absolutely dominating the play action. And what I love about the screenshot is these are all different people. Slick Willie, No Nays, uh, no, no Nays and, and Nitro and T Danish. All in the top 10. That is unheard of. Um, that just shows really just how we nailed the early slate last week. There were a lot of big wins, but this screenshot with all of these winners circled. And of course, a lot of our guys play the play action, which is great. Great contest, 60 bucks to enter, $3 an entry, 1500 1675 So really successful early slate last week. On the flip side, the main slate, the full slate with the afternoon, wasn't as successful, at least for me, because um, you know I faded for the most part, Dak Prescott. I was not into that spot where the Cowboys were massive favorites against the Giants. Wasn't into it. Normally, when a team is 17-point favored, they don't produce scores that take down tournaments. Usually, a team will lean heavier on the run in that type of environment and just close out the game late. We saw something different last week. They didn't really do that. A, you know, obviously Pollard was a massive fail. Because the team decided to keep throwing the football. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks ends up with a smash day. Uh, you needed him and CeeDee Lamb uh, stacked with Dak Prescott. So the stack component, great. You needed that pairing, but so I wasn't on it. So certainly the afternoon slate didn't go as well for me. And, and more importantly than that, what do we do going forward in these situations? This week, we've got a bunch more situations where one team is a massive favorite. And again, historically, those teams will go to the run late in the game, just kind of close out a game, quiet, let's end this. But, you know, Dallas didn't do that last week. So right here again, first game of the week on the first game tile, 44, two-point total, Dallas at the Panthers. They're massive favorites. Will they do it again? Will they go crazy and just run up the score again on a team where they're one of the worst teams in the league against the run, but really actually quite good against the pass. I don't know. I don't know. Makes sense to run the football. Can we trust Tony Pollard ever? I don't think so, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe by the end of the week, we'll change our mind, but that one's a tough one. That is a tough situation because, you know, Dallas is bucking the trend when they should run, they're throwing, when they should throw, they're running. I don't know. This is a weird one, but um, certainly the Cowboys offense should score some points in this game. Um, next, we have the Steelers at the Browns. And, you know, the Browns at home are interesting. I like the running game for the Browns a little bit. But this 36-point total is just screaming stay away. Bears, the Lions, possible return of Fields. I think if Fields comes back and we get a little spike in, in the uh, game total here, that'd be interesting. This is one of the higher totals on the slate. Um, of course, it's very heavily favoring the Lions. Bears are actually pretty good against the run, which might force the lines to the air a little bit. But again, we have a massive favorite situation. So Goff, Goff to Amon Ra, certainly interesting uh, amongst other potential QB stacks this week. Um, here we have the Chargers on the road at the Packers. You know, Packers games have been low scoring. 
they they play a very slow brand of football. So I'm not sure I would expect a um, a ceiling game out of either side here. But I would say, um, you know, some pieces actually from the Packers side, slight home underdogs. Man, again, tough team to trust. But that Packers offense, you know, Aaron Jones and maybe some of those pass catchers. But they've been terrible this year. So that's GPP only, right? Tournament only. Um, another interesting game here. We got the uh, Cardinals at the Texans. Texans have been spectacular. Really excited about them. CJ Stroud, amazing. And this game has the biggest total on the slate. Uh, Kyler Murray, his second game back, could be a little better than his first game back. Getting a little of that rust off. Got to knock the rust off. Right? So we could see some goodness coming out of this game. CJ Stroud. I think Nico Collins will be back, which makes it a little more confusing. Here's what's really interesting about the Texans. Nico Collins comes back, right? So now we got Collins, Dell. Robert Woods is playing. Noah Brown has been spectacular. What are they going to do? I don't know. Does no, who goes to the bench? Do they just play all four guys? I don't really know. We'll see. We'll find out on Sunday. But that makes it a little bit tricky to figure out how to stack Stroud and the Texan side of this game because there now is just extra weapons that we have to account for. Titans at the Jaguars. Um, Jaguars at home in a good matchup for the passing game. Um, I like Christian Kirk in this spot. Maybe a little Travis Etienne. Not really sure about anybody on the Titans. I think Will Levis is maybe not very good. So, um, by the way, let me ask you a question. I, you know, I was doing uh, a review and, and doing my back testing after the Week Ten slate, and I noticed that Will Levis was like ten or eleven percent owned in the Millie Maker, and you know, nine, eight, just massively owned last week. And why? What happened last week that everybody flocked to Will Levis? Do you guys know? We're watching the, the like Al Smizzle put out a Will Levis call. Like, what happened out there that all of a sudden Will Levis became and shout out to Smiz, but but um, that Will Levis became chalk last week. Did you guys see something? Know something? I don't even understand how that how it happened. Like, why were people loading up uh, of all the possible QBs? I don't get what happened last week. So that was really weird. And obviously it was a fail. Um, so, you know, be careful there. But in this game, Travis Etienne and, and Christian Kirk, I think Ridley is maybe a little dust. I think um, I think we were fooled that first week. He's just not looking very good out there. So I, I think you want to favor Christian Kirk in a matchup like this. Um, and if the Jaguars get back Zay Jones ever, maybe Trevor Lawrence can start scoring again. I think that's what's missing. They need Zay. Um, Miami at home. Finally, we get Miami on a main slate. Uh, they're taking on the Raiders. It's a good potential matchup for scoring. Um, uh, again, another massive favored team, 29 and a quarter. And Miami is probably getting Devon HN back for this one, which means they'll have Mostert and HN probably going. Uh, lots of running game happening here. So, um, could Hill still have a ceiling game? Yeah, I would say so. And, and on the flip side with the Raiders, they have, you know, Lots of fun weapons to play if they can score. Um, Adams and and Josh Jacobs and even, you know, uh, the law firm, Jacoby Myers. All of them fine. Sam Mayer's okay. They're heavy underdogs here, though, so they need to make this game competitive. If they can, it'd be really interesting. I'm not really sure what to make of Aiden O'Connell as of yet. We have to see. We have to see him in another matchup. We got to see him against a, a lesser defense. You know, no one looks that great against the Jets. Let's see how they look against the Chargers. Maybe... Um, I, I'd probably be inclined to sort of 
take the points on the Raiders here um, if if I was betting this game. So I think the Raiders might make it a little closer than it looks. Giants at Washington. Um, you know, Giants stink. Tommy DeVito, not good. Washington last week, Howell puts up a good number. Uh, a lot of it are passes to Brian Robinson Jr. That's weird. But Howell puts up a good number, but none of his sort of stack partners really did all that great. Um, will Washington do what Dallas did and just pour the points on against the Giants? Maybe. Maybe this is this week's stack. Maybe we're going to stack Sam Howell with uh, McLaurin and Logan Thomas and call it a day. I don't know. Let's see. Um, but that, that's certainly something to be interested in. But that 37-point team total is disgusting. So let's not go crazy either. Um, Bucks at San Francisco against another heavy favored game. San Francisco, massive favorites here, uh, 11 and a half points. Uh, the, the, um, the Bucks don't have a lot of chance here, in my opinion, on the road at San Francisco. Nasty place to play. I'm not interested uh, in any of their pieces. As far as the, the San Francisco side, sure. Um, you know, the Bucks' defense is pretty good against the run. Can they slow down Christian McCaffrey? Maybe if they do, um, will it lead to maybe some scoring for some of those other guys? Uh, Debo, Ayuk, and, and, and Kittle? Sure. Last week, what happened with San Francisco, even though, you know, McCaffrey didn't hog up all the fantasy points, what happened with San Francisco is they spread it out. All three of Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle had okay games. None of them had an elite game because it was three. Three, too many. So when they spread it amongst all three and Christian McCaffrey, there was just not enough fantasy production to produce a good enough score for any of them to be in tournament winners. I think that phenomenon continues. You know, it it they need to focus that offense on just one person or one or two of them uh, in order to be in winning tournament lineup. So we'll just keep it in mind, especially against a sort of a dead Bucks offense uh, in a game like this, where I don't think the Bucks will be able to do a whole lot. This is probably the week we're going to get off of um, Rashad White. I don't really like them in this matchup. Jets at the Bills. Bills just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, probably an overdue move considering how ugly their offense has looked this year. So maybe they'll get a little sort of uh, jolt off of that. Might see a little jolt, a little jolt action. So um, we'll see about that. But um, against the Jets, I don't really want to load up on any uh, opposing offenses. I don't think that's a winning tournament move. So we're probably going to avoid this game for the most part. And uh, that 40-point total is pretty gross. And the one sort of close, high-scoring game of the week We've got the Rams at home taking on Seattle. It's the one game that sort of pops on the board as a high-scoring potential game. Uh, I think there's lots of uh, potential plays from a game like this, all the way from Cooper Cup and Puka on the Rams down to uh, Walker, Kenny Walker. And, you know, even maybe this is the time to maybe think about taking a shot on DK Metcalf. Nah, maybe. DK Metcalf finally got, you know, a lot of targets last week, which was nice to see, though. So if you're going to give me 10 targets, if I can get 10 targets a game to DK, I'm going to start playing him. The, the problem with DK has been, you know, the volume, four to six targets. So if they step it up, I'm excited uh, to see that. So let's jump over to DraftKings now. We're going to start putting this lineup together. I've sort of been picking through the, the, the list a little bit. I found a couple of lower cost running backs that I think I'm excited to put into these lineups. I've also found quite a few really low cost wide receivers that will allow us to do a lot with our lineups. So actually I think I want to start out by pointing out some of those bargain plays before we really do the positional breakdown. 
So a couple of these cheapies um, that are available, and my favorite of which is Rondell Moore. Um, but Wilson, uh, Michael Wilson is uh, a good spot as well, and so is Khalil Shakir. So all these three players are under 4K, and I just want to mention them up front before we go through um, all these position groups. And I'm going to leave them plugged in here, but Rondell Moore in particular, eight targets this week. And the reality is Moore has been great when... Kyler Murray was the quarterback for Arizona. So I think we'll see a little bit more of that as we move forward. Um, another one, uh, you know, Michael Wilson's kind of the same thing. Six targets as well last week. So, you know, if it's not more, it's Wilson. And then Khalil Shakir, um, he didn't do much last week, but this is a matchup uh, Bills against the Jets. The Jets um, do have some elite cornerback play that probably will be focused on Stefan Diggs, which should potentially open things up for Shakir. Also, Gabe Davis just hasn't looked good. So a um, couple of interesting ones. I think uh, I'm going to leave Rondale Moore plugged in here, though, for my cheapie. And let's jump over to the quarterback position and talk through the position group. See who we can come up with, um, who looks good this week, who looks bad, who looks whatever. So right off the bat, um, Josh Allen to Jets, not a great spot, uh, not something I'm looking to aggressively target. Um, Two at home versus Vegas, sure, but that 7,700 price tag uh, is a little bit uh, expensive in a matchup where, again, Miami's heavily favored, so it'll take probably a close game for them to lean heavy on the pass, probably. So we'll see about that one. But not who I want to plug into this lineup. Uh, Justin Herbert, also on the road at Green Bay. Uh, we want we want quarterbacks going up against teams that allow a lot of points to opposing QBs, and that's not what the Packers have been doing. So that, that's not going to be my first um, look here. Uh, Dak Prescott, again, similar situation to last week. We already talked about it again. Let me know in the comments section how you feel about just playing heavily favored quarterbacks um, in games where the script probably isn't going to lead to them needing to throw late, but maybe they'll do it anyway. Who knows? Um, CJ Stroud, though, I, I really like CJ Stroud here at home against Arizona. Uh, Arizona's not a very good defensive team. They're not really stopping the run or the pass. So I don't mind Stroud at all and plugging him right in um, to this lineup. Uh, we'll have to see what the story is with Nico Collins. If he comes back, if he's playable. Um, if he does come back, I think he'll be in play. And we, we've got... Uh, Dalton Schultz. So there's a lot of options to pair up with Stroud in a spot like this. Continuing on, though, through the quarterback position for week uh, 11, you know, Dak, uh, it looks like Justin Fields will come back for this game. It's a shame like we won't know his health level because um, I'd love to play some Justin Fields in this uh, matchup against Detroit. I like this game in general, Lions and Bears. Uh, oh, my. We could get some serious... Fantasy production here. If Fields can sort of lead a competent offense, we'll see if that's even possible. But uh, Fields is going to be probably in my mix this week, depending on you know news reports and if he's playing and how he looks when he's throwing the football and all those great things that I don't know on early on a Tuesday as we record this video. Um, Jared Goff is another player that I'm interested in this week. Uh, you know the the Bears are really good against the run. Surprisingly, not a lot of people know it, but they've been really good against the run which um, maybe means more passing volume for Goff. Goff is really easy to stack because it's it's Amon-Ra as the primary and maybe Laporta as a secondary most of the time. So that's kind of an easy stack situation for us if we want to go there. I don't mind Goff at all. I could plug him right in here. He'd be fine. 
Stafford at 6,400 is just, I don't get it. So look at the average fantasy points per game to understand that he doesn't belong here. He's only scoring 16. I don't think he's got a, a 20 point game on the season. He's been chalk a few times because people, I, I guess, listen to really sort of goofy NFL analysts, I guess. I, I don't really get it. Some of those things I just don't really get, but thank goodness there is still edge left in DFS. And that's one of those things you see Stafford chalk or, or last week, Will Levis chalk. Where does that come from? You're going to be high owned. I don't want anything to do with you. So um, it's a no for me on Stafford, but I do like some of the pass catchers for the Rams. And one nice thing about the Rams this week in particular is they don't really have a lot of running back prowess. So if ever Stafford was going to do it, maybe it's here, but I can't bring myself to go there. Sam Howell's had a lot of good games. He's up against the Giants. Giants allowed the monster game to Dak Prescott last week. Will that happen again here? Um, we'll see. But Howell, you know, at 6,300, you know, he's like a regular quarterback. It's like a regular quarterback. It's been pretty good. Um, Kyler Murray. The flip side of this Stroud game, I think the Stroud side is the better side. I think if Arizona is scoring, then Houston is answering. Um, the nice thing about Murray is he does have legs. He can run. He will run the football. He didn't do a ton of it last week, but the upside is huge always for Murray. So he's in my uh, thoughts and in my mix this week for sure. Um, another guy I think we can kind of eyeball again this week is, is Geno Smith. I don't love him. He's had two kind of fantasy-worthy performances this season so far. But this game is close and high scoring, so I'm kind of interested for that reason. But I may just go with the weapons and maybe not the quarterbacks on that one. For now, though, I still like Stroud, but I think Geno Smith's in my mix. Brock Purdy, I think also you could throw him in the mix um, against Tampa, a team that can stop the run pretty well. But, um, you know, Purdy had a decent uh, week last week. So, again, he'll be in the mix for me. And that's about it. I, you know, I don't know if Deshaun Watson, do we want to go there with Deshaun? Um I'm not sure he's really fantasy relevant as of yet. He's got that Q tag, which I don't like. I do like the matchup in, in terms of just Pittsburgh not being all that good. Um, but I'm probably not going to go there. Probably not going there. No to Mayfield. No to Levis. Um, again, maybe, I mean, again, Levis is tournament worthy, but only if he's going to be 1% or 2% owned. So, you know, I think he's not very good. Um, you know, the the 48%... I mean, it was an it was a plus matchup last week for the passing game, and he can only complete uh, less, you know, forty eight percent of of his passes. No, no touchdowns. It, it it's just not it's it's ugly. It's ugly with Will Levison. I don't know how much it's him. That offense is just not very good. There's not a lot of not a lot of really dynamic playmakers outside of DeAndre Hopkins, um, in terms of pass catchers. So that's a rough one. Nothing else really pops for me at wide receiver uh, at quarterback this week. So let's move on and talk running back and um, we'll start at the top and we'll work our way down. And once again, I, I usually like to try to focus on the value guys on these breakdowns, but certainly we're going to play these studs when we're playing the lineups, but I do like to point out, I, I think that the harder part of DFS is nailing your underdog, like Irwin last week and Noah Brown. We were on a really, really great group that helped us um, afford these other players, right? As far as picking the studs, my, my philosophy is just pick, pick studs and get it right. You know, like that's the easier part. The hard part is nailing the cheaper plays that allow you to play these studs. The value is key in DFS. So that's always where I like to focus. And it was where I like to focus the early videos. 
as the week rolls on, though, we discover more stuff, the research, the news, all of that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, at the very top, McCaffrey remains a, a high floor play. It's not a good matchup for Tampa uh, against the Tampa rush defense or anything like that. But McCaffrey certainly in play. I really like Eckler here. Um, he's a little close to the McCaffrey price, which I don't like. But in general, it's a good matchup. Packers have been pretty bad versus the run. And I think that the Chargers go really heavy on the run this week. So if we can afford him, he is who I want to plug in to my RB1 spot. But. I'm not sure we can afford him. So let's see as the breakdown continues. Um, Travis Etienne is fine as well. I, I know Tennessee has been a little more attackable via the past this year, but Etienne is really a volume hog. He's getting all the touches. 7K, again, a bit pricey, but I think he's in play this week. Targets, touches, goal line work, everything you want in a running back right now. So Etienne is certainly uh, playable here. Uh, Barkley, I, I'm not super into Barkley. I just think this Giants offense is is just disgusting. So um, it's going to be hard for Barkley to even pay off this seven uh, this this price tag. But certainly he should do better than he did against Dallas last week in this game against a a more beatable Commanders defense. Um, Jameer Gibbs, so good. Jameer Gibbs can do it on low volume. Uh, last week, 14 carries, five targets. So that's decent volume. Uh, Montgomery also had a lot of volume, 12 carries. So, you know, it's a pretty close split, but Jameer Gibbs has proven himself to be an extremely explosive player, and he'll probably be in my mix this week against Chicago. Chicago is better versus the run than people think, but Gibbs in the mix. Uh, Moster 6,900. That's a bit much for me. I think he's going to be splitting with Devon Achan. Uh, pretty, pretty, maybe even the, the worst part of that slit, uh, split, assuming Achan comes back healthy. So, I don't know. I don't really want to do that. Um, I'm not super high on either guy just because of there's two of them. Similar to Gibbs and Montgomery, like it's tough to play two running backs on the same team or one of two running backs on the same team where they're all priced over 6K, between 6 and 7K. It's Something's got to give here. Something's got to give. Can't work. What do you guys think um, at running back? Are you playing Mostert, Achan? Do you like these guys? How about Gibbs or Montgomery? Do you have preference? How do you feel about these situations where two running backs are really, really expensive on the same team. Good running team, both all good players, but yet, you know, the volume is going to be limited. You're not going to see these guys getting all the touches. Um, speaking of guys who will get all the touches, here we got Josh Jacobs at 6,800. I like that play. That's fine. I, I prefer favored running backs. So Jacob being an, Jacobs being an underdog is less good for me, certainly. Um, away underdog, even worse. But Jacob is getting all the touches. Jacobs is getting all the touches, so... Um, and they're feeding him. They're feeding him, feeding the beast. So I don't mind it. Um, Kenny Walker also perfectly uh, solid play here at the running back position. Coming off a pretty good week last week. He wasn't high owned or anything. Put up, uh, got you 20, uh, 7, 4, 20, 28. So not, not nearly enough to sort of justify a salary. And that's been the problem with Walker. It's a little, little probably overpriced for his usual production level. But still, he's really solid, has a nice floor. Reese Hall at the Bills certainly can do it, but this Jets offense just is out of sync with Zach Wilson at the helm, so it's not something I'm really trying to push for. I think he's a very risky play every week because the offense stinks. Um, Derrick Henry, kind of similar to Brees Hall, where that Titans offense being sort of challenged has limited his ability to put up big games, uh, so I, I I wouldn't be on this. And, and Jacksonville, don't, don't let these numbers fool you. 
they're very good against the run. They're one of the best teams in the league against the run. So um, this is why opponent rank, you know, at DFS Army, we have um, the power ranking sheet uh, or available from Sharp App, actually, um, where we really look beyond the fantasy points per game for DVP and look at um, averages again, uh, look at the numbers against the averages for those players. And um, Jacksonville, as of last week, was allowing 30 fewer rushing yards per game than average to opponents. So they've been really good at limiting rushing yards. And that is really the most important figure. So I'm not going to go crazy on um, Derrick Henry. Aaron Jones is in a great matchup against the Chargers. They bleed points to running backs and everybody. So um, Aaron Jones last week, decent volume. Uh, I love the targets, six targets, um, 13 carries, but again, limited offense. They don't score much, so he's limited by that. Um, Jared Cook is okay. Uh, Rashad White, tough matchup against San Francisco. I'm probably not playing White this week at all. Um, one name that I don't mind, though, is James Conner. Uh, coming on strong here with uh, Kyler Murray. Connor had a lot of great games last year uh, with Murray together. So, and he seems healthy. I'm going to plug him in as a bring back here on our Stroud lineup. I think uh, Connor is very much a playable running back this week. There's a few others though. We're not done. A lot of value at running back in NFL week 11. And I think I'll probably be more focused on these value guys um, then paying up for these studs. So I'm going to drop Eckler out of this lineup just to display a couple of other value spots that I really, really like. Uh, one of which is Singletary coming off of 30 carries. Um, got a couple targets as well. I love Singletary. He'll be one of my favorite running back plays this week. I don't necessarily think he's the best to pair with Stroud, but I don't think you'd have to avoid him with Stroud either. He's fine. He catches a pass here and there. And um, he's just getting a ton of volume. So as long as Pierce uh, is out again, um, about the Singletary play. If Pierce does play, um, I think another guy who looks really good this week is Jerome Ford. And Ford is a volume machine. People don't know. People don't know. But 17 carries is about 107 yards. Didn't get the touchdown. Uh, the week before that, 20 carries, seven targets, five receptions. So he can catch a pass. He can run. He's doing everything right. This is a good matchup. Plug in Jerry Ford this week. At running back, he's the workhorse for a Browns team that wants to run the football. Nothing more to say about it. Let's jump over to defense real quick and sort of get our defense spot figured out. I start at the bottom on defenses and work my way up because my prime goal is to find what I call the minimum viable defense. What's the cheapest defense that's viable? And I'm already seeing one popping off the screen. So um, right off the bat here, you've got a bunch of uh, the first cheap three, right? Um, Packers, no. Uh, not against the Chargers. Panthers, no, not against Dallas. Bears, no, not on the road at Detroit. And Raiders, no, not on the road at Miami. Bad. Those are bad. What good, though? How about the Jets at Buffalo? Um, 2,600. Now, normally I'm not playing teams against, uh, you know, Buffalo's supposed to be an elite offense, and Jets are on the road and all of that, but there's something off about this Buffalo offense. So I think Jets are playable here. I don't want to use them in my first look, but they are playable, and I'd call them the minimum viable play. I think the Rams here are playable at uh, 2,800. They're home against Seattle. That's fine play. Um, Titans at Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been very generous to opposing defenses all season long, so acceptable, as are the Giants. Again, Jets' cheapest I, I might need to leave the Jets in there now that I'm seeing the next really. Let's see if there's a spot I actually like. Let's see Houston at home. 
No, Seattle, not really. Miami. Oh, Miami's okay. Again, against Aiden O'Connell. I don't mind that spot. Um, Jacksonville. This is probably where I, I mean, 3,400 though. That's an expensive defense. That's not what I like to use on the first look, but Jacksonville is in play. Um, commanders uh, against the Giants, very much playable. Uh, again, you know, Tommy DeVito, not very good. Cleveland is an acceptable defense play as well, 3,700. So we're going to have to pay up if we want like a good defense. But I think I'm going with the Jets because I don't have a choice. I like to use the cheap defense on this first look, but but definitely this week, it looks like, you know, it's the real expensive payups that look the best. Uh, I will go back to Cowboys. Even after the disappointment of last week, not, not as heavy, but I'll go back to it um, on the road against the rookie. That's fine. Um, Buffalo, yeah, against Jack Milson. Is Zach Milson, you have to play defenses against the Jets. Wilson is so bad. He will lead to monster scores from the defense. So Bills are going to be in play. Of course, the 49ers will play at home as well. So, so lots of pay-up options that look really good. But we'll start with the pay-down defense just to see how that feels. All right, let's talk wide receiver. There's a lot to, lot to go through here. So looking through the wide receiver position, of course, up top, we've got Tyreek Hill. He's been spectacular all season long. He's in another good matchup, whatever. You know, Miami is uh, certainly heavily favored here, but if the Raiders keep it a game at all, I think Tyreek Hill is going bananas. So I'm going to plug him in here as somebody I really like this week, just to sort of point that out. CD Lamb, I prefer Hill to Lamb. Lamb's been great, though, the last few weeks. I'm not denying it, but I prefer Hill to Lamb a little bit if I had to choose. Uh, similarly, Diggs, I don't love the spot for Diggs. Probably going to be matched up with Sauce Gardner a little bit. So he hasn't been that great the last few weeks. Uh, I think we can get off of Diggs against the Jets. It's not the greatest of plays. It's not terrible, but that price is too high. Keenan Allen at 9K. Again, I mean, oh, how the mighty hath risen, uh, so to speak here. These prices are getting nuts for these wide receivers. Um, it's just becoming difficult to afford them. 88, he's just steadily moving up. 43-pointer last week. So um, he continues to climb, as does Amon Ross St. Brown, who also came off a great game last week, 33.5 DraftKings points, and, um, you know, price is rising. Cooper Cup, 8,100. With the return of Stafford, I think that's good as well. Um, I love Amon Ra. I would love to plug him in here, but uh, again, we've got Tyreek Hill sitting over there, so that's fine. Um, Devontae Adams in a... Uh, I'm going to say, you know, a beatable matchup as well, but his quarterback is not somebody I really trust with an expensive wide receiver, so that's probably tournament only. Feeling I'm off of this week. Probably not going to be on uh, Mike Evans as well at San Francisco outside of tournament play. Puka, no. Metcalf, maybe. Metcalf coming off of uh, four, uh, 12 targets last week. Um, had a pretty good game, but not good enough to justify that salary, and we haven't seen him justify 7, 14, 21, 28 fantasy points I don't know, 16 games. I mean, it's been a while. I don't know if he did it all of last year, maybe once. Um, if Collins comes back, I'll have some interest in him. It's always interesting to see the salary rise on a player that didn't play last week, but there it is, right? It went up. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. But um, we see the salary rise on Nico Collins here up to 6,700. We've got Stroud in this lineup, so that's perfectly acceptable. I'm probably going to go with Tank Dell, though, so I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm not sure if Collins will play. Um, Godwin, no. Lockett, meh. Wilson, eh. 
you know, Wilson's fine. They just need to get it in the, in the end zone. Um, but the targets are crazy high. So Wilson's probably pretty safe actually to get you, you know, 15 to 20 fantasy points, but, um, you know, angry bills. I'm not sure if, uh, that's something I want to focus very heavily on. I do like, uh, Amari Cooper this week. Um, you know, Watson, Watson loves Amari Cooper. People don't realize what a stud Cooper is. He doesn't, he gets no respect. He gets no respect. I like Amari Cooper and I like him here. Um, Hopkins, probably not. Myers, probably not. Christian Kirk, yes. In my player pool for sure this week. Um, Kirk is just the better wide receiver for Jacksonville. Even last week, uh, tough matchup, 11 targets. You know, he made value. So that was cool. Um, I'm going to plug in Tank Dell here along with CJ Stroud just to have him paired up with somebody. I don't mind Schwartz either, but I'll plug in Tank Dell here in this particular lineup. But I want to keep kind of talking through the lineup. Terry McLaurin, good spot. DJ Moore, if Fields' hand is working, is a good spot as well. So I like those two. Marquise Brown, another one. Last week was a massive disappointment, but I do not mind Marquise Brown as a bringback in this sort of Houston, Arizona stack thing that we're putting together here. So I don't mind Marquise Brown, but we already got Rondell. It's a lot of pieces from this one game. So I want to mention it. I do like um, Marquise, and I'll have a lot of exposure to him this week for sure. Um, not just in my Kyler Murray, but but in a standalone uh, option as well. Let's see anybody else. Noah Brown, we got to really pay attention to blurbs this week because Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell could all be available. What happens to Noah Brown? Does he leapfrog Robert Woods? He's been way better. Does something change? Does Does he play again? Is Collins out again this week? Can we go right back to Noah Brown? We'll see as the week progresses. Um, Brandon Cooks now. Uh, Christian Watson, interesting tournament play. As is Quentin Johnston, a little tournament interest there. Uh, not much more. And um, that should just about do it for the wide receiver position. Uh, a couple other, I guess, cheapies that you might have some interest in. Maybe Elijah Moore right now. That's probably about it. Maybe Quentin Johnston. Maybe Christian Watson, something like that. But that's about it for the wide receiver position. Let's jump over to tight end. Start at the top of the list and work our way down here. So um, George Kittle. Everybody remembers the big play, but he only had four targets last week. So it took one long touchdown play to produce this monster score. He needs a lot more volume and he won't get it. So he won't get it with all the healthy players on San Francisco. You need an injury effectively to. Debo Samuel for Kittle to start to see any kind of serious volume most weeks. So that's probably a no. Sam Laporta, I do like at uh, 5,800. Go right back to it. Go right back to Laporta. Schultz is fine. Dalton Kincaid. I like that against the Jets. Um, You know, the best part about Buffalo right now is Kincaid. So, um, and that offense. So that is somebody I'm, I'm interested. I think I'm going to plug him into this lineup. Dalton Schultz, though, also acceptable here with CJ Stroud. I kind of like, actually, I like the, I like the stack here with Schultz as well. So you've got a few different options, but Arizona has been pretty bad versus tight ends historically. So I don't mind that. Um, so I'll plug him in, but with a nod to Kincaid, with a nod to Trey McBride, who's been spectacular. As a matter of fact, now I like so many good tight end options. I think I like McBride even more. Boom. Again, a little too heavy on the stack, but just a lot of value is popping up, especially on the Arizona side still. So I like Treasy McBreezy. Um, I like Kincaid, Schultz, and Laporta. Um, outside of that, of course, if 
Fields was healthy, I'd have some interest in Cole Komet. Um, Luke Thomas pretty much on one week off the next. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be an on or an off week with him, but I don't mind any of it. A couple decent spots available at tight end this week. I, I think um, this will be a position where we might even consider tight end in the flex a little bit like we did last week. If you watch a lot of the shows, um, tight end and flex really worked out very nicely uh, last week if you did it. So I think that might have been the Millie Maker winning approach as well. And we talked about it on a lot of the shows. How do you guys feel about tight end and flex? Are you open to it? Let me know in the comments. Um, all right. Flex spot. We have 6,600 left to build this lineup. We've talked through all the position groups. Um, if you're with me this long, remember to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, notification bell. And of course, if you want to get signed up for DFS Army, there's no better time than now. Promo code geek gets you 10% off. We've got NBA going. We've got NFL going strong. Hockey. Esports. Golf is still going. We're really, uh, we're really covering a ton right now with VIP. We've also added the Proptimizer tool for VIPs recently, which um, crushes on fan uh, on price picks. And now we've just added Sleeper to the Proptimizer tool as well. So player props on Sleeper and price picks, some of the best projections you're ever going to find, um, right available on the DFS Army for VIP. So go get signed up DFS Army. And if you can't sign up for the site or too expensive, we've got a free month offer right here. As a matter of fact, oh, you can't see it on screen. Oh, man. I can't show it on screen, but on the DF... Wait a minute. Here we go. Here we go. DFS Army website. Free month offer right there. Sign up for Sleeper. Oh, you already have a Sleeper account? Doesn't matter. If you haven't made a deposit yet over there um, for their props game, you can go on your Sleeper account, make a deposit, promo code DFS Army. They'll match it. So put 100 bucks in there. They'll match it to 200. Let us know. Send it to support at DFSArmy.com, just as it says here on the free month offer. And right there, the, do the sleeper one, right? Yeah, there it is. And you'll get a free month of DFS Army VIP. Check it out. It'll give you the sleeper tool, the prize picks tool, all the other stuff that we do. So make sure to check it out. Get signed up for DFS Army now. Um, all right. And, and of course, like, subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff. So last spot available to us here in this lineup. Um, one of the things to talk about before, uh, we're, we went way too heavy on Arizona. So I'm going to adjust here. And I'm just going to go to generic let's say Dalton Kincaid tight end. And that'll leave us with 6,100 for our final spot. And I, I do like to play wide receivers in the flex. So I'm just going to plug in one of the guys that was popping for me a little bit on the breakdown, Christian Kirk. That'll do it for the first look lineup again. Um, perfect world. You can also drop off of Kirk, maybe pay a little bit less and go up to a slightly better defense. Like I, I love to play the Browns with Ford. At 5k left. I'm not sure who's available there, but there are different ways to pull this off really nicely. I probably have to use Dalton Schultz in a lineup like this, but um, that's going to do it for our first look for DraftKings NFL week 11. Good luck this week, guys. We'll see you next time.